Wow. We've been blessed, folks. Amen. We've had uh, a full plate already. I have a small message prepared for you. If you take your Bible and turn to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If I may, I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet if you can and uh, read together with me out loud verses 1 to 8 of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. And then we'll have a word of prayer together and then you may be seated. So let us begin. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. May God bless his word. Let's pray. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for such a wonderful year that you have given to us. And we all have some fond memories of things that uh, are wonderful and things we just didn't understand. We all have another chapter in our lives, in our history, written. And we stand just about on the doorstep of a brand new year. Lord, we pray that you would encourage our hearts tonight and help us to get ready for the new year, to get ready for 2020. Show us how we can do that. Please, we pray, be exalted and honored, uplifted and glorified in our hearts, in our church, in our homes, in our very lives, because we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Well, folks, it's the same every year. We ask ourselves, we come up to the end, the very end of the year, one year, and we say, well, what's ahead? What does the, the new year hold for us? And the answer is always the same. All we can do is wait and find out. That's pretty much it. For example, let me tell you a little story about a middle-aged woman named Gladys. And on Christmas Eve day in the afternoon, she took a nap. And after she woke up, she went to her husband and she said, Max, she said, I just had the strangest dream that you went to the store and bought me a diamond ring as a New Year's present. And she said with longing in her voice, Max, what do you suppose that means? You really want to know what your dream means, asked Max. Oh, yes, I do, squealed Gladys. Okay, you shall have your wish. At the stroke of midnight, answered Max with a grin. Oh, do you really mean it? Gushed Gladys. You got to love these adjectives I'm throwing in here. And she gave Max a big hug and a kiss. Absolutely, I mean it, said Max. I shall return. And with that, he put on his hat and coat 
and he went to the store. Well, at midnight, as New Year's was chiming in, true to his word, Max came to Gladys, gave her a loving kiss on the cheek, and handed her a small, beautifully wrapped package. Delighted and excited, Gladys opened it quickly, and in it she found a small book entitled How to Interpret Your Dreams. And so from this sad story, we learn that sometimes the dream is better than the surprise at the end. You know, it's possible that for some of us here tonight, our thoughts and our dreams of 2020 may actually turn out better than what we end up with. You know that. We'll just have to wait and see. And yet, no matter what happens in 2020, up, down, good, bad, left, right, north, south, whatever happens in 2020, God makes us a marvelous, wonderful promise. And I'd like you to see that with me. Turn to the New Testament book of Romans. It's a promise that I think most of us are very familiar with. It's in verse 28, and I'd like to ask your help. Keep your seats, but read it out loud with me now. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is a marvelous, wonderful promise of God. And you can take that verse and put it up on the wall of your home. You could take that reference, Roman 8, 28, and you could put it up maybe a, a beside the door as you leave your home to go out into the world every day. Romans 8, 28, to remind you of God's love and his, of his faithfulness and of his promise that no matter what you find yourself in, what comes your way, you can know that according to God's plan, it's all for the best. But you know, based upon our years of previous experience, I think we can be fairly certain that unless we die or get raptured in 2020, then all of us will have some or all of the following categories. We'll all have some challenges. We'll all have some opportunities. We'll all have some temptations. We'll all have some victories. We'll all have some losses. And we'll all have some gains. And I don't mean just in terms of finance. And by the way, why should we be exempt? from any pain or suffering. Did you know that if you're going to be a carpenter, you just might get a splinter? If you work with wood, you just might come home with a splinter, a sliver in your finger. Did you know that? Did you know that if you're going to be an electrician and work with electricity, there's a possibility that one day you may get a shock? Did you know that? And that's not all. But electricians, they work with metal things, with sharp edges. And in working with these things, they can come home with little nicks and gouges and cuts on their hands. And if you're going to be a plumber, there's a chance you're going to get wet. But more than that, if you happen to be working with a torch to braze pipes together, you could get burned. If you're going to be a boxer, you're going to get hit. Right? Am I wrong? Hello? 
if you're going to live life, if you plan on living through 2020, you're going to have some of the good and some of the not so good of life. You're going to have times where you're full and times where you're hungry. You'll have times where you laugh and times where you cry. That's just the truth of it. Someone says, well, I, I, I don't want to cry. I, I, I don't want to get a shock. I don't like slivers. I guess none of us do. But that's life. It's going to happen. You may even have to go to the doctor and get a needle. Be still my heart. <laughs> the N word. You know, some folks are really scared of needles. You know that. Whew. Yeah. Throughout 2020, you will also have people come into your life. Some of them are good people and some of them are bad people. It's going to happen. Throughout 2020, you're also going to have ministry opportunities. And I say opportunities because you have the, the, the willpower to decide to do it or not to do it. You're going to have lots of decisions to make in 2020. Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he assures us that there's a time for everything under the sun. This we can be assured of. We don't know what victories or catastrophes will come our way in 2020. We'll have to just wait and see. But we know that all things work together for good. And that God in his love and in his wisdom has a plan for you, individually made. So individual that it's actually different from the person sitting right beside you. God's plan for your life may include some similarities to the person sitting beside you or in front of you or behind you. But God's plan for your life is as individual as a, a fingerprint or a, a DNA or a, a snowflake. It's absolutely flawless. It's perfect. And in his wisdom, he's going to allow for certain ups and certain downs, certain ins and certain outs. He's going to allow for certain gains and certain losses. He's going to put you through a variety of experiences. There will be times of sorrow and times of happiness. There will be times of planting and times of harvesting. There will be times of losing and times of getting. All these things and many more will be used of God because God has a purpose. And you say, what is that purpose? Well, with your Bible open at Romans chapter 8, I'd like you to look at it with me. And it's in verse 29. Read that out loud together with me, please. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The key here is predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is God's plan for your life and my life, is to make us less like the devil and more like himself, less like the world and more like heaven. 
You know, we all have certain hang-ups and flaws and problems and weaknesses and things that we'd rather not talk about. And God knows all about them. And what he does is that he lovingly allows things into our lives. You heard about the businessman, the Christian businessman, who knew he was not very patient. He knew he needed more patience. He knew that. He was, he was a bit short-fused, we say. And so we prayed to God, Oh, Lord God, please help me this year. Help me to grow in patience. Please make me patient. And God, faithful to his word, gave the businessman the slowest secretary in the world. Ah, patience. And we all want it in a hurry too, by the way. God, make me humble. (laughs) Oh, yes. Careful. That's a good prayer. God is interested. But the way he will build humility and Christ-likeness and compassion and patience and faithfulness in you and in me, it's often through the school of hard knocks. So be ready. It's going to happen. But along with the school of hard knocks, there's going to be a lot of sunny days. There's going to be a lot of happiness and joy. And they'll be there. You'll need them to help combat some of the cloudy days and the times of weeping. Your times of of laughing will help buffer those times of weeping. But I want you to know that there's another secret that every year holds. Every single year holds this secret. And it may be this year in 2020. We just might be going home. And that's in verse 30. And again, I'd like you to read it out loud with me. Here we go. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now I know that theologically, it's a done deal in God's books. If you study this carefully, the idea is that in God's economy, when he called you and got you saved, man, you're as good as in heaven. So nothing is going to change that. Oh, happy day. That's good news, folks. It's our eternity sealed for us. Praise the Lord. But we're not here to go deep into that. But that is a definite Bible truth that'll bring joy and bring great peace to the Christian heart. Because the old devil wants you to think that you just might fall off and lose that wonderful gift and that God doesn't love you anymore and he can't take you to heaven because you sinned once too often and the thing you promised that you'd never do, ah, you went and did it again. That's it, says the devil. I'll have you know that when Jesus died for your sins, he died for all of them, including the ones you're going to end up committing tomorrow. 2,000 years ago, all of your sin was in the future, wasn't it? All of it. 2,000 years ago, everything was in the future. And he died for your sins and mine. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah, what a Savior. But one day it's going to happen. We will be glorified. He will take us home. Either through the rapture or through the kindly hand of death. Some 50, 55 million people every year die. Various causes. How many of them go to heaven? Well, a percentage of them, that's for sure. How many go to hell? We're not sure, but probably the majority of them. But definitely there are souls 
that are saved, that close their eyes in this world and open them right away in the next. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Isn't that good news? I think it is. And you know, the Bible does tell us, Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This mystery was a truth that was concealed up until the point that God showed it to Paul and Paul wrote about it in 1 Corinthians and 1 Thessalonians. It's called what we call the rapture, that catching away. Hallelujah. It may happen in 2020. It hasn't happened in 2019, although we do have a couple more days left, but it hasn't happened. But it will happen. Oh, happy day. It's going to happen. I'm excited about that. You know, on Wednesday nights with the adult Bible study, we're studying through the book of Revelation. For the last number of months, I've been pouring over and over and over and over and over the chapters of the book of Revelation. I've been doing word studies. I've been doing verse studies. I've been comparing thoughts and ideas. And I've been looking into things like the mystery Babylon, the great whore, and the 666, and all these things that, that you know, create question mark and puzzle. What are they? Well, I'd be lying to tell you that I have all the answers, but I think I've got a reasonable handle on it. And uh, should the Lord keep us around for 2020, we're going to explore all that on Wednesday nights. There's a plug for Wednesday nights. Come Wednesday nights. Unless you're dead, don't come. Or unless you're at work, then stay at work, don't come. Or unless you're sick, stay at home. But if you're not dead, you're not at work, you're not sick, then come on and join us on Wednesdays for our Bible study and especially our prayer time. Very important, folks. But this matter of the Lord's coming, it's a very uh, real, it's near. We are the closest generation to the coming of Jesus Christ. There has never been a generation as close as we are tonight. We are on the bleeding edge of the coming of Jesus Christ. And we always tell you, it could be tonight. So it could be in 2020, but it will happen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because it will happen. Um, according to the late Peter Zowski of the Vancouver Sun, there's a familiar story to Canadian folklore about a time when the Governor General of Canada, who at that time was also known as the Duke of Connaught, was visiting a northern British Columbian restaurant. This would be between 1911 and 1916. The story is a little hazy. But apparently, after having a meal in a restaurant, the waitress collected up his plate and supposedly she said the following famous words to him. Keep your fork, Duke. There's pie coming. Now, whether or not this story is true, and I really hope it is. It's a delightful reminder that for the faithful Christian, the best is yet to come. Keep your fork, Duke. There's pie coming. Heaven is going to be a wonderful payday for you and for me. In fact, because of this, this story, and no one knows for sure uh, if 
it's true or not. But because of this story, it's said that an elderly Christian lady called her pastor to her home. The lady was dying. She didn't have much longer to live. She loved the Lord and she wanted to make certain final arrangements. And her pastor faithfully came over and she said to him, now, pastor, one thing I want you to be sure of doing. What's that? When I die and I'm laying in my casket, I want you to make sure there's a fork in my right hand. And maybe you've heard that story, but apparently it's based upon this Canadian folklore story. The best is yet to come. Isn't that good news? So it could be 2020 when Jesus comes. In the light of all this, the very best thing that you can do, that I can do to prepare for the new year is to determine to walk close with the Lord, not week by week, day by day. Or can we even say moment by moment? The Christian who will do this will find peace and joy that only God can give. It's the very best way to get ready for the new year. Bow your heads in prayer with me, would you please?